Every story needs a hero, and every story needs a villain. Welcome back, the Faithful 14, possibly the Faithful 15. Maybe we picked up a new listener. That'd be awesome since we're a new podcast. Welcome to Hero and the Villain. This is Drew. I am the voice. If you're new to this, uh, I am a personal trainer and a life coach in training, and I have a lot of mileage on my tires. And I am doing this podcast, Hero and the Villain, to put a nice little twist on Carl Jung's shadow work. Shadow being your dark side, and of course, that's going to be represented by the word villain during this podcast. So I got a little feedback from the villain inside of me after listening to the first podcast. And the first one, you get it out of the way, you get it done. So you can move on to the second one. But you still have to know exactly what you did in the first one to make the second one better. And the first podcast, Act One, was intended to kind of be an introductory lesson. Introductory lesson, if I can say that word. Uh, for folks that were brand new to the concept. So we're kind of bringing it into the idea of hero and the villain in the way that you see heroes, like superheroes and villains in movies, comics, because that's easily relatable for a lot of people that aren't familiar with the inner workings of shadow work. So the first one was all about kind of getting you guys down for the idea of learning about your villain self, your dark self. Now, I went back and thought about it after listening to it and realized I encouraged everybody to find and sit with and confront and get right up against that dark, ugly side of themselves. But beings that I'm new to this, I can always have room for improvement. I felt it was very necessary to backtrack a little bit because for me... It was very easy for me to sit down, do the work, because I like getting after my dark side. Um, it's kind of like a thing. It's kind of like my fetish in a way is, oh, something's wrong with me. Let's try to fix it. For a vast majority of people, that is not the case. A lot of people can't do that as easy as I can. And mind you, yes, I know what my shadow side is. I am still working on it as I speak. I will always be working on it. I'm always peeling back layers. It is a never-ending process. You'll never be done working on it. You can only try to integrate it and make it work with your hero side to benefit you. So I don't want to make it sound like it's the easiest thing in the world to do. It's not. Not by a long shot. I have found ugly, fucking ugly parts of myself in doing this right out of the gates. Many of them I accepted because I knew they were already there and I just repressed them and shamed them away. But yeah, we're getting down to the fucking bone on that one and I'll explain that later. But I wanted to open with uh, something I read that I really liked. So go ahead and open your ears for me. At some point, 
If we're going to be fucking real with ourselves about growing and becoming the best us that we can be, you will have to undoubtedly be right in front of the most difficult parts of yourself and you will not be able to accept them. How will you know that you are in front of them? You will be more afraid than you ever have and it might nearly break you in half. That is when shit gets interesting. Got chills reading that one. Somebody asked me, like in direct message, how will I know that I'm, I found my shadow self? And that quote sums it up better than anything. Your shadow, a.k.a. your villainous self, your dastardly self, uh, will have many faces, okay? Now, first off, I'm going to give you 13 a list of 13 possible faces that your villain can have. But real quick, uh, before we get into that, we need to kind of give you a, just a quick rundown of the difference between the two, pers- uh, the two archetypes that Jung created. Um, he believed that we have unconscious minds that are fragmented into different selves. They attempt to organize how we experience different emotions and situations. The persona and the shadow, a.k.a. the hero and the villain. Your persona... That is your lovable face. It defines who we would like to be and how we want the world to see us. Persona is actually Latin for mask. It represents all the masks we wear. Oddly enough, uh, there's a Japanese saying that uh, they believe that we have three masks. One that we show the world, one that we show loved ones, and one that we show nobody. Strangely enough, that third one might as well be the shadow because the shadow, AKA our villain is the one that we hide from the world. It's the opposite of persona, persona, lovable face, villain, the one we hide. It's composed, as I said in the last podcast of the repressed, the weaknesses, the desires, those perversions, those fears, those shames that have been ingrained into us, whether it be from an upbringing in religion that, taught us to shame and, and hold all these things down, whether it be parents told us things were wrong to feel or think as we were young. It's our darkest side, that villain. It represents chaos and the unknown. It can be a source of creative energy. Many musicians can use their shadow in order to create masterpieces. Many have probably 75% of the albums you have in your collection at home. Uh, if anybody still has albums, because everything's a stream nowadays, you should really buy an album once in a while. It's a nice thing to have, especially one of your favorites. Um, but the source of creative energy usually comes from very dark places. As an artist, a musician, I understand this. Many people do. Artists, painters, um, musicians, dancers. You know, we all do something to kind of... Um, kind of bleed that side of us out when we are feeling uh, down in the dumps and hopeless and angry. It usually comes out in the form of art if we're being productive with it. So it's one of the ways that your villain can be uh, beneficial in a way. Often 
with our villain, we we try to hide this from the world, but often it will not stay hidden. The more we try to hide it, the more it seeps through. The more it finds cracks, the more we ignore it, the stronger it can get. The more we stuff it down, the more it'll grow. Boxed away, never properly integrated, we never get to actually see our split state due to a variety of psychological defense mechanisms we have, which I will get into eventually. It continues to gather and grow power. The lack of awareness leads to a lot of danger and disruption and brutality because of it. So this villainous self, when we deny it, it can create very long-lasting issues that will invade uh, various corners of our life that can stick around for a very long time. I know that mine have. It's one of the things I have to fess up and, and realize that the plethora of things that I need to work on with my villain, uh, I've had for a very long time. Uh, repression of any negative trait uh, it cannot allow us to live fully if we're too afraid to explore it. When you're afraid to get into the shit with it, Nothing good's going to come from that. Living in fear of it, it's just going to, it's going to be there. Fearing what is inside of you that is tearing you apart and ruining your life uh, will only let it continue. And, and that's the, uh, the real shitty part about it is you, you can't wish it away. You can't pretend. Um, avoiding anything does not make it go away. And that's usually like the sign of... Like If I can't control it, then I'm going to avoid it and just pretend that it doesn't exist. It's just not how shit works. Uh, so, the more we avoid it, the more it's going to grow. And we should spend a few moments uh, breaking down the 13 types of shadows, a.k.a. your villain self, that you might identify with. Now, you don't just have one villain, okay? If you've ever seen a movie where there's a gang of villains. They all have different little personalities. There's usually the British leader with slicked back hair and a nice suit. That's the mastermind of everything. There's usually the uh, techie computer nerd that can break into firewalls and disrupt nations. There's usually the brute who's just nothing but pure muscle. So you know where I'm going with this, right? It's uh, basically that fast and the furious where they're, they're in London. <laughs> I believe Luke Owens was the uh, the enemy in that one. So it was like a team of heroes against a team of villains, and they were very similar to each other. But yes, uh, your villain is not just one face. Mine is, I visualize my villain as a single person, but he has many, many weapons he tries to use against me. So... You might hear a few of these that you can relate to and realize that your villain has a multitude of weapons that it tries to use against you because you are ignoring him or her. They're all monsters, by the way. And I got this from a really, really cool website that broke it all down when I was uh, researching this. The ego monster is fearful of not being enough. Traits are being a narcissist, having excessive pride, arrogance, pompous, uh, needing to be seen by the world. 
That is the ego monster or the ego villain. There's the neurotic villain, which has a fear of other people in life, generally paranoid, obsessive, uh, compulsive, has masochistic behavior. The untrustworthy villain fears pretty much everything. Traits are irresponsibility, impulsive, secretive, unreliable. The emotionally unstable villain, which is always the fun one in the movies, right? The one that, uh, you know, flies off the handle like Jack Nicholson when his, in his youth. Uh, that one, that villain has a fear of not being loved. It's very moody and manipulative. There's the controlling monster, which has a mistrust of life. Uh, not being good enough, has abandonment issues. Probably jealous, possessive, bossy. There's the cynical villain, protects against uh, being too vulnerable, can't let anybody in, very negative, overly critical, patronizing. Wrath villain, generally will have a closed heart, won't let anybody in, shows traits of being ruthless, bitchy, vengeful. The rigid villain has a fear of the unknown, doesn't like chaos, usually very narrow-minded, has uptight and inflexible traits. Uh, doesn't like anything that's unexpected or spontaneous uh, type of things. Probably hates surprise birthday parties. The glib villain has no trust for others. Generally superficial, sly, cunning, very inconsistent. And the final ones, there's the nonchalance. We all know what somebody is probably nonchalant about things. Probably has buried grief, fear, and shame, emotionally detached, very unexcited about life in general, very ho-hum. The perverted generally will have repressed sexual energy, has a, a lot of lustful desires, but also very depraved and corrupt. You can file probably half of Congress into that one. Speaking of, I'm, I'm pretty sure that 95% of politicians have never done work on their shadow or their villain. Let's, let's be real about that. Um, so therapists, you should be calling your local congressman and giving your business card out. Uh, you'd make a killing. There's the coward monster that fears all, has a no self-belief, usually very timid, very weak, uh, weak-willed. The naive villain, that's the child. That's our 13th one. Refuses to grow up, very immature, uh, very illogical and petty. So you might have heard a few of those that you feel like you can relate to, like, huh, my villain probably has a couple of those various traits. Maybe is a little bit of a coward, maybe a little bit nonchalant, you know. I know for mine, there's a couple in there that... uh, the villain in the suits. And just to kind of give you context here, um, I love wearing a suit. I, I like the way I look in the suit. Um, I, I feel very classy in a suit. Um, I feel very clean, sexy, attractive, uh, very adult. But when I envision my villain, um, which has nothing to do with Marty Skrull, by the way, who is a fantastic dresser, and he actually has a nickname Villain, if anybody knows who that is. Um, I envision my villain actually wearing a suit um, when I think about him. And he has a multitude of different knives that um, he cuts away at me with. 
I know it's a weird visual, right? I'm very good with visuals. Um, so when I envision my villain uh, going on a rampage and tearing apart certain aspects of my life, that's what I see. Now, what he's exactly doing and what he's made of, we'll have to get into another time because I'm still not ready to share that with everybody. Your villain is very personal, and I want to I put that out there. I don't want uh, people listening to this and going, Drew, I'm going to go ahead and DM you all my villain. No, no. I want you to seek your villain out. I want you to be able to look your villain in the eye. I want you to be able to sit with it, probably lay on the floor and ball once you realize how much work you need to do. Um, and again, I said this last time, if you get to that point, please call a counselor or a therapist because you're not going to solve your, your inner villain by listening to this podcast. This is merely just kind of a guide to get you on the right track. But yeah, yours is yours. And unless we're really, really close, um, I don't need to necessarily hear about it yet. I want you to discover it for you. I did with mine. And there's only about four people that I've talked to about this and only one that I've talked to in depth about my villain. And, um, and I'm very thankful for her, um, for listening to that. Uh, but I'm not going to get in depth about my villain yet. And I don't want you to as well. I want you to seek out what your villain's traits are. Sit with it for a little while because you're going to need to. I know that I have to as well. I'm sorry for the lack of humor in this podcast, but this isn't going to be pretty and funny every single time. We're going to have to get to the fucking bone of it. I love that saying. Uh, and it's, sometimes it's going to be painful for you to hear certain things. I know that me even saying it into a microphone and hearing my own voice kind of trips me out a little bit because I know what I'm going through in working through it. I'm in a really, really good place right now working through it, but there are moments that cripple me, to be completely honest with you. And you're going to have those moments too once you start doing the work. But once you start doing the work and figuring out who this villain is, then from there, it will get a little bit easier eventually, maybe not right away. But once again, I believe in you. And you have a strong spine and you can make a very tight fist and you can swing back or you can accept this villain with open arms for all its negativity and all its chaos and all its darkness because you're going to have to in order to integrate it and bring it into your life eventually. We're not there yet though. We got a long way to go. So let's identify that villain first and then we'll go from there. Episode number two in the books hero and the villain.